Jerry Whelan, you're an Irish Jesuit. You are based in Rome in the Gregorian University where you teach theology and philosophy. And you are giving us one of our Rome reports that we haven't had for a while. Interesting time to get those reports because making news headlines around the world is what the Pope has said in a recent documentary. It would appear endorsing civil unions for same-sex couples. Well, hello, Pat. Uh, great to talk to you. I'm sorry I missed you over the summer. I was back in Ireland, but the, uh, we were all so locked down that we weren't moving around much. And by the way, we're pretty locked down here in Italy now again, uh, rather similar to Ireland. So it is strange times. I got out for a walk with Brian McCortha, another Irish Jesuit who lives with Father General in the Curia of the Jesuits. And he described how all the Jesuits in that community had a, a viewing of the documentary in question and even an interview with the maker of the documentary. He was talking with the Jesuits and they were super enthusiastic about it. So worth a watch. And I suppose in a way, it, the thing that has been maybe focused on from the documentary is what the Pope said about civil gay unions, that it seemed to be he was saying they were OK and he would endorse them. Well, I have a couple of things to say here, perhaps. My first reaction is that he's been saying that for a long time. But just to ask why he might think it important to be repeating it now. and So this is now hitting the news, even if it's not especially new as a thing for him to say. You know, homophobia is still alive and well in different parts of the world and within the church. So I think we can say that he is aware that he wants to redirect those behaviours, that he's feeling perhaps more confident in saying more explicitly matters that he's been saying a little bit less uh, publicly in the past. That's one thing then, his criticism of the kind of right-wing tendencies, the populism in the world at present. But just to note, he's been saying this for a long time. Um, Soon after he was elected Pope, the New York Times revealed uh, a, a point about how he had been proceeding as Archbishop of Buenos Aires. There was a law on gay marriage coming in in Argentina. The Episcopal Conference of Argentina discussed how they would respond. Bergoglio said we should propose a civil marriage bill instead of a gay marriage bill. The other bishops refused. By majority, they voted against Bergoglio. Then, paradoxically, he was the uh, chairman of the Episcopal Conference. So he was obliged to go public offering the opinion of the Episcopal Conference. And people didn't realize how much he had been arguing in favor of civil marriage beforehand. See, that's seven years old, that news. I suppose there's something significant in him being so explicit about that now. Uh, Perhaps, again, seven years into his uh, pontificate. He's not quite so worried about conservative reaction. He has the measure of it, perhaps, he feels in some ways. That's an interesting point. And then also, he is pastoral and always has been in his approach. He did say on the plane, who am I to judge when he was asked about the issue? And he also, I think, is probably aware of the oppression in many countries and the the, the rising oppression of the gay community. So that pastoral approach is very important to him. Yes, that's right. And he wants to put a lot of daylight between anything the Catholic Church is saying and homophobic behaviour. The reaction in Rome, you feel the Pope has the measure of his conservative critics and they have been vocal on so many issues. Has there been huge reaction or is it just another, well, here's the Pope at it again? I've seen some right-wing sites are, have been having a, a, yes. a, a go. It's the same suspects. 
I, I don't want to. I perhaps I exaggerate when I say he has the measure of his of, of his conservative opponents. They continue to be a, a serious obstacle to, to his pontificate. But it is the usual suspects, I think, that are speaking up against uh, Pope Francis. And well, like yourself, I mean, I'm a bit locked in uh, here in the Gregorian. Can I really speak for Rome or the dynamics in the Curia? I don't know. I'm dependent on journalists. But it seems to me to be the usual, especially United States uh, right-wing blogs that, that are active on this, equivalent things in, in Italy. But, you know, just to repeat, it isn't the main thing about this documentary. So the fact that it gets so highlighted is as much to do with the questions that the journalists ask or are interested in as what he was intending to do, either in the documentary or in the rest of his teaching and practice. Yeah, so t- tell me about that. You say people have seen the documentary. The other issues that, that Francis is raising, you have a handle on that. You're saying that he's worried, for example, about post-COVID world. Yes, people might not know, but Pope Francis produced a, an encyclical just a couple of weeks ago called Fratelli Tutti. That's a phrase that St. Francis of Assisi used. So social fraternity might be a way of capturing the theme of the title. So in the chapter one, I encourage people to look it up on the internet, just read chapter one. I'm afraid it's a rather negative view of the world at the moment. And from the beginning of the COVID crisis, he was trying to say something more positive, I think. He was saying, look, we're obliged to to create a, a solidarity worldwide and in each country now because of the physical threat. So there's a sort of a solidarity over physical questions uh, that we're uh, undergoing because of of the virus. But we've been neglecting the need for moral solidarity in this time uh, previous to the crisis. And we didn't know we had a problem. So we know we have a problem now when it's a physical solidarity challenge. And then he was saying, look, can this be a time of conversion where, for example, we, we reduce inequality in the world? He has been focusing very much on economic issues and, and the, uh, the injustice of inequality. And then, of course, destruction of the environment is part of that. It seems by the time this encyclical comes out, he's less confident that such a conversion is going to happen. The encyclical happened to come out just a few days after the first debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. That example of cultural violence and disrespect in public debate. And somehow the tone of Fratelli Tutti was compatible with that. He was lamenting that even regarding response to the crisis, we have not showed much international solidarity. So therefore, what are we going to do regarding the need for moral solidarity coming out? He also stressed the the problem of the poor in the COVID situation, that uh, more poor and marginal people get forgotten, even in the debates going forward. So he's more worried than ever about the post-COVID era, in as much as we can talk about that with any confidence. It was the same message, a challenge to moral solidarity that has economic environmental consequences, as well as the sort of physical medical solidarity that is at the base of the COVID issue. He would wish we concentrate on that. He really feels that economic issue is something that's not been sufficiently recognised. Very interesting point, Jerry. And allied to that, and I know you're working on this yourself, is the whole issue of the environment and Laudato Si appears quite frequently in Fratelli Tutti. You are also yourself involved in work on that. Tell me about that and tell me about the importance of it. Well, I'm part here of what's called the Laudato Si Observatory. It's a development amongst professors in the Gregorian, especially between the social science faculty, theology faculty, philosophy faculty, 
we're, we're trying to maybe work towards some sort of institutional, educational way of being very committed to Laudato Si in the long term in the university. But meanwhile, we, we organize events and uh, we try to show ourselves living in some respect. So uh, we had a parallel conference when the, the Synod of the Amazon, for example. And then an idea that came up then was that some universities in Germany want to connect a little bit more to the Gregorian because they think we're, we represent, you know, the Pope's voice and Laudato Si. I'm afraid they think that more than the fact. I'm not sure how very competent we are. But anyway, so yesterday and today, we're holding a Zoom conference at this stage with, amongst about 40 academics uh, representing the Gregorian uh, University in uh, two places in, in Germany near the uh, Austrian border, and then a variety of other academics. It's just trying to bring into dialogue some more social scientific thinking about the ecological challenge and Laudato Si. In particular, there is a document by a think tank that's called the Club of Rome. It was famous in the 1970s. It's sort of ex-prime ministers uh, with giving advice on international affairs. They have produced a document recently called Come On! Exclamation mark. So it's on the internet. I encourage people to read it. So they're obviously from a very secular background, but they have a whole chapter uh, that starts with talking about Laudato Si, Pope Francis, and the need, they say, for a new enlightenment that we need to rethink the philosophy that has been guiding politics, at least in the West, this notion of science as an answer to everything. And we really need to rethink the origins of that, which were, as you know, the Enlightenment in the 17th century, 18th century. Uh, the, so our conference brings this Club of Rome people into dialogue with social science people in Germany and more theological people in Germany and here in Italy, in Rome. So we're just trying to keep the ball rolling, really, clarifying that we've got to mobilise culture to continue to deepen its commitment to the ecology problem and to start influencing politicians to take measures that are, are better in that respect. And in some regard, that might be a more hopeful note because there is such a popular movement on the ground in favour of ecological change and people who are across the world realising that what we're doing is unsustainable. Yes, absolutely. You know, the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice in Dublin has a department committed to ecology, Laudato Si. Uh, Kira Murphy is the person in charge of that department. So she's participating in this Zoom conference yesterday and today. She spoke about a chapter she's writing for a book we're producing out of the Rome Laudato Si Observatory on a study of grassroots mobilisation in favour of ecological issues in Ireland. And with a special attention to how Christian groups are networking with NGO, general secular uh, groups. So just studying that phenomenon of the ecology movement in Ireland is, is part of you know what's arriving here in Rome. And we look forward to covering that as well then. Jerry. finally, will this work be fed back to Pope Francis? Is that how this works? Or what happens when you gather it? Well, sort of. Not by me, anyway. <laughs> we have professors here who are closer to Pope Francis than I am, and they, they'd be consultors on various dicasteries, etc. And they, they would be informing him. One way or another, he would hear. Our efforts are a little bit humble, probably, at this stage, to try quite get to his ear. It's part of a larger project, we hope, of helping the Gregorian University as an institution align itself with the direction that Pope Francis is asking us to follow.